0: Just to confirm, is that the music that we'll be playing at the strip club Johnny Manziel goes to in Montreal? Because I didn't really feel it to be strip club music. Oh, man. Manziel to Montreal was an amazing story to come up on Sunday. A deal that we, we thought might be in the offing, right? With the, with his connection to Mike Sherman. Sherman, the guy who recruited him to Texas A&M, was his coach in his redshirt freshman season and then Sherman left and Manzel went on to win the Heisman Trophy. They are reunited and it feels so... I don't know what it's going to feel like. It's going to be interesting. Montreal is not replete with talent and they sent a couple of good pieces off to Hamilton. So, Manzel. He was going to be buried in the depth chart in Hamilton. He will get a chance to start in Montreal. Little too much to expect He'll start this week. They play the Thursday night game. He is going to his first practice today with the Alouettes, so it would be two days of practice and then one walkthrough day. So maybe get some action. But next week, Montreal versus hamilton is that is that johnny time are we Are we adequately prepared? For Johnny time as we see the it roll by on SportsCenter, Center. Are we adequately prepared for Jamal Westerman to get back in Johnny Menzel's face and maybe give him a little slap again like he did in the preseason game? Because they've been traded for one another. This is a fascinating move and you you hope everything goes well. Of course, we're going to talk about it all day long as we go through Toronto today. I am Derek Taylor. Thank you uh, for being with us. As you can tell, I'm a big CFL fan. So I'm excited that Dwayne Ford will join us in a couple of minutes, our CFL analyst, to talk about how the trade came around, uh, what it means, what Montreal... And I wish I was joking about the Montreal thing being a real issue for Johnny Manziel. I've been to Montreal for about 36 hours. I called a, a CFL preseason game there last year, so I didn't get much of a sense of what Montreal has to offer. All I know about Montreal, I have learned from the Jay and Dan podcast. Because when you hear Onright talk about the city of Montreal, and you hear him talk about what is available for gentlemen in the city of Montreal, and when you hear... Just the warmth and glowing in his voice when he talks about le sex, whatever that actually might be. That that could be a buffet. I don't know, uh, because I've not been there, but it's not a buffet. When you think of a guy like Manziel, who is, I mean, recovery is a process, is what we keep getting told. A man who says he struggled with alcoholism and bipolar disorder. A city of vices is Montreal, and that is where Johnny Manziel will work for the next year-plus. His contract goes through 2019. Uh, Montreal has got him for two years, and if everything goes well for Montreal, he'll be there for only those two years, right? Because Manziel wants to be back in the NFL. So they give up a couple of first-round picks. They give up a Canadian defensive end, Jamal Westerman. They give up their top deep threat receiver and Chris Williams, Hamilton, Makes out like a bandit for someone they weren't particularly planning to use at any point. And the timing is great, right? Because after, after Thursday's game where they lost to Saskatchewan for a second straight time, reporter asked the question, have you thought about making a change at quarterback? June Jones said, no. No, haven't thought about it. That was it. That was his entire response. Which, for his part, great response. Great response. Is it the right one, though? That's another part of what we'll dig into with Dwayne Ford. But, yes, Manziel dominating Sports Center on Sunday. The, the morning loop is still going on. Oh, Manziel all the time. He brings the eyeballs. He brings the ears. That Thursday night football game against Edmonton coming up uh, three days from now, the ratings on that are going to be tremendous. We'll talk a little baseball, some basketball, NFL talk with Alex Marvez in the 12 o'clock hour. And, yes, Tiger Woods making an impact at the at the open. Do you think he's going to win anything this season, next season? Because I watched it. I know he was in the lead for you know a little bit, but I I I'm still not on it. And I don't know if that's because I'm being obstinate about well I made this opinion 6 months ago, so I have to stick with it. He was in the lead, but then he dropped two strokes the rest of the way. And his 18 was great despite why is it always a guy being the jackass at every sporting event? Why can't the ladies do something obnoxious and and rude that just makes you go, "Oh my goodness, come on!" It's it that's so bad. Dwayne Ford, CFL analyst, joining me now. Dwayne, why is it always men doing stupid things at sporting events? Why can't women also do stupid things? <laughs> You're married. Well, I- you can tell. You can tell me. Yeah, I, you know what? In in the Ford household, I
1: suspect that uh, I, I may be. Hopefully, my wife isn't listening to the radio right now, but <laughs> I think I'm actually the less likely one to misbehave at a sporting event. I'm just saying. Really? I'm. Yeah, I'm telling you. She yeah. gets
0: like. Does she get all juiced up, or is she just <laughs> she just excited for sports in general? Cause well, I know she's a know big what? sports fan. I would
1: say it actually probably depends on the uh, on the the level of sport you know i mean we've we've kind of both spent enough of our lives around pro sports that we we generally behave ourselves in the stands at sporting events but uh mm. yeah i do i do worry about her her blood pressure a little bit during uh, when the kids are playing basketball or hockey.
0: Oh, is she going to show up on that Twitter account, AAU Bingo, for a great t- <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, yeah, the one I'm, I'm waiting for, actually, is,
1: you know, the, the infamous clip of, uh, of the boxer's mother running into the <laughs> ring with her shoe yeah. and hitting his opponent? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah, as my son is now playing high school football, I I have visions of my wife running across the 55-yard line chasing an opposing player.
0: Well, just to say, no studies have conclusively proven that CTE comes from being struck by a mom uh, with like a purse full of buckles or whatever, so uh, she's all good. Uh, Dwayne, you and I were talking on SportsCenter yesterday about the Johnny Manziel trade. Uh, Why did Montreal do this? A uh, couple of reasons.
1: Um, you know, the two things that, that stand out to me is, as I try to look at this from the perspective of Montreal General Manager Cavis Reed. Number one, um, you know, I think Cavis Reed recognizes that this is a team that has has struggled for a few years and kind of needs to to get some wins on the board now, and bef- especially before they start falling behind in the East. And the the most likely or fastest way to do that. Is for them to, to get better, you know, I, I shouldn't even say the fastest way, but the most apparent way, I think to most people watching that team is for them to, to become a little better and a little more dynamic at the, the quarterback position. So just getting better is, is one thing because there's a little bit of a sense of urgency, I think, for the, the regime that's there in Montreal. I think another thing is when you, or the Montreal Alouettes or any team in the East and you kind of take a look around the division you go you know what nobody's really running away with this thing and it's a little bit of the that NBA mentality and especially as it, it matches up in the East versus West where if you're a team in the East you look and go you know what if we make a bold move we that it might make a big enough difference you know to to make some noise within the, the division or conference as the case may be and so I, I do think that there's there's that piece to it as well, and the feeling that with Johnny Manziel and having a past relationship with, with Mike Sherman, that the the results they might get from him there might be a little bit more immediate than than they might be for Manziel going elsewhere.
0: Some of the the Twitter reaction to this trade was okay, we get to see Johnny. Some of it was wow, that is a desperation move by the Alouettes. Uh, where do you fall on that? On the quality of giving up, you know, a Canadian defensive end, a legit receiving starter, and two first round mm-hmm. draft picks.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that it's a, a desperation move. I think it's certainly a, a bold move. But when you you look at the Montreal roster, like see, Montreal's been very unique defensively, and it's something that we've talked about a little bit on uh, on on game broadcast, but maybe not enough. Like they're they're a team that where most teams in terms of using seven or more Canadian starters, m- teams will typically use maybe two of those starters on defense. Uh, Montreal is a team that has started four very good Canadians on defense, and two Westerman brothers on that D line, and Enoch Momba and Chris Aki in the in the line core. And so, when you look at having some flexibility, especially now with the arrival of Tyler Johnstone on the offensive line, that that you can have enough Canadian starters on offense that you have the flexibility that you don't need to have a starting Canadian defensive end in order to to kind of manage your ratio. And they've still got enough depth on on that D line that they can do some things. Um, in the receiving core, yeah, I would say that Chris Williams is is obviously unique in terms of being um, a proven deep threat in the league, and that maybe separates him a little bit from from some of the other guys in the, the Montreal receiving core. But I think as you're seeing Eugene Lewis develop as a guy who, who can get open deep a little bit, um, you know BJ Cunningham proven to to some extent maybe not necessarily as a guy who's going to take the top off defenses but i think they also have high hopes for for Chris Harper who's played for them the last couple of games as a guy who is described as as having a little bit of Chris Williams in him you know that they uh, that they hope that he can be that guy for them and and eventually sort of fill Chris Williams shoes so in in that regard um you know i think they look at it as as dealing from a little bit of a of positions of depth or at least flexibility that they could afford to move the guys that they moved.
0: Tell me if you don't want to talk about this or tell me if you don't know uh, (laughs) on this front, but do you think Hamilton learned anything about Manziel in, you know, six regular season weeks and a couple of preseason weeks that made them go, eee, maybe we move on. Maybe we take this deal while it's available.
1: Uh, you know, anything that I have heard from from the folks
0: in Hamilton about
1: Johnny Manziel has been positive, both as as football player and as as a teammate. You know, everything has been has been positive. I do think that from a, from a Hamilton point of view, um, the one thing that I do suspect maybe is that they. Have recognized that if Manziel wasn't going to be the starter, I don't think it's something that they were oblivious to, but if, if he wasn't going to be the starter, there was going to be quarterback controversy. And, you know, I, this is just my own perspective on it a little bit, but from a team point of view, I think that Hamilton wants to avoid that controversy, quite frankly, you know, that, um, that that has nothing to do with, with Johnny Manziel's behavior or anything else, but just the presence with, with with which he arrived in the Canadian Football League. There are a lot of people waiting to see him play. It's almost a little bit like the, we talk about Derek with the the Canadian quarterback thing, right? Mm-hmm. When you have a Canadian quarterback, everybody wants to see that Canadian quarterback on the field and is is pushing for him to get on the field. And it, it sort of creates more discussion and controversy around the position yeah. than might otherwise happen. And I would say it's the same kind of thing. With with Johnny Manziel, as people want to see him get out get out on the field and uh, and are pushing for that a little bit more than than otherwise, and and that's not necessarily fair to to Jeremiah Masoli as a starting quarterback.
0: It's it's fascinating because Masoli's numbers, yes, he throws for over 300 a game, but four touchdowns and five picks uh, mm-hmm. is is the horse that the, you know they've hitched their wagon to now for good, which I find interesting. I I want to ask you about this, and I don't want anyone to think I'm being flippant about this, but Montreal is a very famous city within Canada. Uh, it is very famous for being very entertaining, and if you if you are a young man with some money and you'd like to get in trouble, you can do it in Montreal. You played in you, Montreal.
1: You're referring to Cirque du Soleil.
0: Uh, I mean, obviously, that's not everybody can bend like that, right? And those people, you go, honestly, if you get a chance to go to the bar with Cirque du Soleil people, do it. It will change your life. Um, so, uh, there's all sorts of things available for a young man with money in Toronto. Uh, Pardon me, in in Montreal. Manziel says, I mean, he was in rehab, recovering alcoholic. Uh, There's... This could go horribly, horribly wrong. I would... uh... I would say that about, about any young man
1: as, uh, as you alluded to. But yeah, I, I, I do agree. Like it's, it's not something that, um, that in the big picture people are, are flippant about given, given some of Manziel's history. But I, I do quite honestly think that, uh, when, when you hear the discussions of of Johnny Manziel opening up about his his own battles with mental health issues and and those sorts of things and you know kind of feeling that he's past those I do think that the the risk is less obviously than uh, than what it was before I think there's a sense of urgency for for Johnny Manziel to to do the right things now the things that are are best for him in terms of his football career and that sort of means focusing on football and and not on other things. And you know, I mean as far as uh as far as Montreal and the reputation of Montreal, I am I am certainly well aware of it. But um you know, when I, I look at even being in Hamilton and you're you're down the road from Toronto, which is a big city where you know, there's all sorts of bars and everything else, and places to to hang out. And you're down the road from Niagara Falls, where there are a couple of casinos and, and and that kind of thing. So, the the risk is is never far away, and it's it's just a matter of him choosing to do the right things. And he apparently has done those so far since he's been up here, and uh, and hopefully, and I I believe he will continue. To, uh, to make the right decisions.
0: Yeah, you hope he does because, I mean, he, if everything goes right and the way he expects it and the way Montreal expects it and the way Hamilton expected it, he's 18 months away from being back in the NFL, right? Like, he's, he's 12 weeks of this season plus the all of the 2019 season, and he could be back in the NFL where he feels he should be and where he can make zillions upon zillions of dollars.
1: Yeah, 100%. That's, that's the goal for Johnny Manziel. That's why he's here, and I think he's he's got his eye on the prize you know knowing that he has to to prove himself up here i don't think that he or his representatives look at it as as a foregone conclusion they they recognize that it's it's something that he has to earn and now he's he's really being given an opportunity the first opportunity obviously came when when hamilton signed him and brought him to camp and and gave him a league in which to play football and now montreal has has given an even bigger opportunity obviously basically anointing him as their starting quarterback <laughs> ironically with the first start expected to come not this week but next week against his old club
0: oh that will be amazing uh, Dwayne. i have 30 seconds uh the preseason over unders for starts were was eight and for uh, touchdowns past this season was 22 and a half where do people who bet on those where are they going to go over on the starts and and what do they t- what happens on the touchdowns
1: yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over on the starts because you got to believe they're gonna give him every opportunity to, to be the guy unless he he fails miserably. And I I don't think he's gonna fail miserably. I think there are certainly gonna be ups and downs like there would be for any, for any young quarterback or new quarterback to the CFL. So I'm going over on the starts. I think he's elusive enough to to avoid serious injury um, in terms of the
0: touchdown passes. Twenty two and I'm a half in under. twelve games. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going under. Yeah, okay. Well, Aaron Karolnik, the morning producer, will be super happy to hear that. He's uh, He may lose the first one, but he'll take the second one. So
1: I, I might have Aaron living in my basement if we're both wrong. Is this what you're saying? That's
0: entirely possible. <laughs> but just, just send your wife after him. She'll take care of that stuff. That's right. Dwayne, I could talk to you for another half hour. Thank you so much for being with us on Toronto Today. My pleasure, my friend. We'll talk soon. CFL on TSN analyst Dwayne Ford. He tweets at Dwayne Ford on TSN tw- every two years or so, but when he does, he breaks Johnny Manziel trade, so follow him on Twitter. Scott Mitchell, our Blue Jays supporter. up next. It's Toronto Today on TSN 1050 and tsn.1050.ca. 11.22 on Toronto Today, 24 degrees in the city of Toronto. The heat is on. Scott Mitchell. Mmm. Our TSN 1050 Jays reporter joins us, Scott. Used to cover the CFL. What do you think of Johnny Manziel in Montreal, my friend?
2: Ah, oh, well, you know what? I think uh, football fans win that trade because uh, I think everyone wants to see him play, and it'll be interesting. I'm sure the the viewership numbers for that next uh, uh, the next couple Alouettes games will be pretty high. But when you, I mean, you look at the trade, and it, it, I think it's weird timing, um, to be honest, because you look at the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats and. I covered the league long enough to know that you knew you need two quarterbacks to get through a season if you've got great cup hopes. So, you know, I hope uh, I hope Masoli can stay healthy cuz you just traded your contingency plan away.
0: Yeah, well, you can't find quarterbacks who who are inaccurate and throw more interceptions than touchdowns. You can't just find those guys anywhere. Oh wait, you can. There you are. <laughs> people are a little too high on Masoli for my taste, but that's for another day. Jay Happ prediction hat on last start at home was did we see it last night
2: yeah definitely the last start at home um you know if he does get one more it'll definitely come on the road so i can say that with uh, with a hundred percent certainty but you know if uh, if you're asking if it's the last start overall is there uh, any chance you know they
0: what? keep him i guess is what that that question asks is there any chance he sticks around
2: no, I mean, yeah. you know what, if, if, if for some reason he's not, if he's a Toronto Blue Jay past July 31st, something went seriously sideways in that front office. I'll have a, I'll have a lot of questions to, uh, to answer. But, but yeah, I mean, this is a guy, uh, you know, he goes, uh, you know, five innings yesterday. I mean, gets, uh, in, into some pitch count trouble, but. Uh, that'll happen when you strike out nine guys and I mean it, it is the Baltimore Orioles but the stuff looked great 19 swings and misses that's uh, an elite number for for anybody in, in five innings so um, you know nice start for him and you know I think the Blue Jays would like to cash this chip in sooner rather than later and uh, you know avoid the uh avoid kind of the uncertainty of heading into another start and you know hoping that uh, he stays healthy and with uh, you know the amount of bad luck that this this ball club's had in, in that sense, um, yeah, probably they'll take a deal, um, you know, if they've got one to their liking.
0: Thank you for qualifying and saying it was the Baltimore Orioles on Sports Center last night. I was doing a bumper, and uh, I didn't want to say, you know, we had a great performance against the Orioles, because that doesn't mean anything. That's, that's like having, you know, against the Mudville Nine, so I just called them a major league baseball team, because... They're, what, 41 and a half out now? They're so bad. And they traded their best player. I don't know if it means anything to beat the Orioles. To have swept the Orioles twice, I don't know the Jays are putting that on their promo material for 2019.
2: Even calling them a Major League Baseball <laughs> team is uh, fairly flattering at this point. So
0: triple A um, plus, maybe?
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll go with Quad A. Uh <laughs> yeah. It's not a great lineup, and and yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think any team is, is looking at that performance and saying, you know, you know, Jay Happ is uh, is a guy that we can uh, really count on in the playoffs after uh, carving up the Orioles. But hey, you, you know what? It, it's uh, it's been a tough stretch for for Jay. So I mean any sort of uh, positivity like that is good and uh, you know teams are looking at the stuff of the track record and both of those are there so it's going to be a nice package for the Blue Jays it just depends on uh, you know which one they choose because there's going to be multiple uh, suitors and, and multiple offers and You know, we'll we'll see what they end up with.
0: Yeah, I've seen reports of the Yankees, the Cubs, the Dodgers, the Giants. uh, More about the uh, the impending trade deadline. I saw a a suggestion that Josh Donaldson, uh, you know, could come back after July 31st and still be traded. And the first question: Could that guy actually clear waivers, Donaldson?
2: Yeah, that that seems to be the consensus for you know the last uh, probably month now. When you really look at it, I mean, this is a guy who's making uh, twenty-three million dollars and. Um, you know, hasn't been able to stay on the field. So, I mean, you're still picking up a pretty good chunk of change, um, you know, at somewhere in August. So, uh, when you look at the situation, I mean, there's only a few teams that that can really handle that sort of money. Um, and when you look at, uh, you know, the position, uh, there's not a lot of teams that that need a third baseman. So it'd be interesting to see over this next, uh, you know, month or so if, if Donaldson's willing to, to move to a contender, play first base play DH, something like that. So, yeah, but when you look at that that chunk of money, uh, you look at a guy like uh, Justin Verlander last year, I mean, he cleared and, you know, he had a ton of, uh, you know, future commitments, so that's a, a little bit of a difference. But, uh, you know, there, there are good players that that uh, clear waivers in August just because of, uh, you know, money.
0: Yeah, I, I would just think some team that wants to roll the dice, like as you get through the, the waivers, nobody down low claims him. but when you get to, say, the top four teams in the league, just to have that bat and keep it from somebody else and not be committed past the end of twenty eighteen would be pretty appealing if not as one for your own club but as a block to somebody else
2: yeah that, that could that could happen i mean you know what you can still uh you can still negotiate a trade when uh you know when that block does happen with that one team but uh, you know i think uh these top t- top end teams are really really, uh, you know, kind of acutely aware of the luxury tax, and that's why Mm. you see, you know, a number of them kind of moving salaries around. So, you know, when you break it down, he's going to be owed something in the the area of, you know, four or four million bucks, uh, depending on when he's claimed four million, five million bucks. Um, you know that's a that's a pretty hefty chunk of change for uh, you know five or six weeks of baseball
0: with our uh, 1050 Jays reporter Scott Mitchell. I, I was looking at it. I've been in the Jays should burn it down camp for I don't know a couple of years now. So I was looking at the po- the possibility of of burning it down, and I, I look at Troy Tulawitsky's contract and seeing it in other sports, seeing. Teams, you know, sell off contracts, attaching prospects to get rid of monster deals and Brooklyn's taking deals left and right. Is there any way they get ever get off Tulo's contract before it actually comes to you know, before it expires?
2: Well, I mean, you never want to close the book on some sort of creative deal that you really can't see coming. Um, you know, the Los Angeles Dodgers and, and Atlanta Braves kinda of hooked up on on one of those in the offseason. Um, that weirdly has turned out very well for the the Dodgers taking on uh, Matt Kemp's uh, you know the remain, remainder of Matt Kemp's contract. So um, right now, uh, you know, over the next year and a half, I, I can't see it unless you're just trading contract for bad contract. Um, you know, I, I think you'd have to, at this point, um, with, you know, $50 million plus left on that deal, you'd have to be attaching some, some pretty significant contracts or prospects to get anybody to, to even look at that seriously. So, um, you know, at that point, uh, or at this point, that, that's pretty much just a, a sunk cost. And, Really, you just kind of factor it into the equation and, and really move on. And if you do get anything from Tulowitzki, whether it's in, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, contract swap or, or something like that or, you know, on the field at some point, uh, that, that's just a bonus. Um, you know, I don't think this team expects to get, uh, you know, any value out of, out of the remainder of Tulowitzki's deal. And, you know, he's going to walk after the, uh, the 2020 season and, you know, he's going to get a pretty significant buyout. and Hey, it's going to be thanks for thanks for the memories in in 2015. And essentially, what the Blue Jays are paying for right now is all the surplus value that he provided the the Colorado Rockies early in his career.
0: It's it's funny to evaluate trades at the time. Uh, you know, uh, Tulo for Reyes looked like, oh, we get Tulo. Oh, okay, this looks good. Reyes then had the domestic violence charges. Like, oh, thank goodness, we the Jays really won that trade. And now. I I don't I don't know. Push like everybody like everybody lost in this in this deal in yeah. Apart from the 2015, it it just didn't turn out neither guy's career and especially Tulos just has not gone the way anybody hoped or maybe even expected. Uh
2: well, you, you could you could really see it coming um you know based on the you know the fact that he was hurt all the time in colorado same type of deal um you know struggled with really getting on back on the field and staying there once he was injured and yeah i mean when you evaluate this deal as a blue jays fan it's just all going to come down to sentimental value and how much uh 2015 meant to you uh you know people that uh were around that team um you know close every day would tell you that, uh, you know, that run doesn't happen if you don't make that deal just because of how bad Reyes was, uh, defensively at shortstop and what Tulowitzki brought, um, you know, when he came over, even though he did get hurt for a little bit, um, you know, he provided some, some, some key hits and obviously some, some key hits in the playoffs as well, so. Um, you know how, how people evaluate that deal in hindsight is just going to be all what 2015 meant to you because uh, yeah it it's left the Blue Jays in a in a little bit of a of a lurch uh, you know when yeah. it comes to that contract
0: yeah and I mean the injuries in general have left them in a lurch I saw they have 64 million dollars on the injured list right now which is a remarkable sum of money uh, Marco Estrada uh, rehabbing will he be back in Toronto do you think?
2: Well, I think he's probably in that same boat as Josh Donaldson at this point. I mean, yeah, he's going to throw a rehab game today at A New Hampshire and then uh, make one start uh, likely later this week, uh, probably in Chicago. So um, when you really look at it, uh, you know, you're hoping that that he pitches well. And, and then uh, some team in August, um, you know, maybe has an injury or something like that and, and comes calling for, for a depth starter. Uh, you know, Marco's had his moments and, you know, it was uh, – real unfortunate timing when he when he strained that left glute on july 3rd because uh you know in june it was his best month i mean he was pitching to uh you know an era in the low twos and then and, and really had that that change up working and started to find some of his uh his mechanics that are so key for him and uh, you know being able to to have a little bit of deception in that delivery so uh, you know, I, I, that one's going to be a tough one. I mean, I, I, I think it's going to be fringe contenders, teams that are are really just trying to make a push in, um, you know, in August, trying to you know maybe nail down a, a second wild card spot. I don't think you know any of the legit contenders without an injury are, are going to be real interested in, in sniffing around. Uh, you know, a guy who throws eighty 86- six and has and really, you know, hasn't looked uh, like he did a couple years ago over the past kind of 18 months or so. So uh, that one's going to be a tough sell, but, uh, you know, if he pitches well later this week and uh, into August, uh, you never know, you might get a lottery ticket prospect out of it.
0: Scott, just saying, Friday, August 3rd, you, me, train to Montreal, Manziel's first start as they host the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Are you in or are you in?
2: You know what? If I'm in Toronto, I'm in. I could be in uh, Seattle on uh, Roberto Asuna watch at that point. But hey, uh, I'm looking forward to watching uh, Johnny Manziel run around. I don't know how it's going to go, especially <laughs> in front of that offensive line. But hey, it's going to be fun.
0: Oh, I can't wait till that Osuna can of worms opens up. Oh, unfortunately, no time to talk about domestic assault on on this one. Scotty, thanks so much for your time, brother. No problem. Pal. DSN 1050 Blue Jays reporter Scott Mitchell. Follow him on Twitter at Scotty Mitch. TSN. It is 11.34. Paul Jones, play-by-play voice of the Toronto Raptors, joining us in a few minutes' time. Going to talk about Kawhi and all things Raptors and really going to probe in on the old Raptors situation, what they're going to look like as the 2018-19 season approaches. It is 11.34. It's Toronto Today on TSN 1050. I am a not a Tiger Woods guy. It was amazing what he did in the 90s, the 2000s, all that stuff. I'm not I'm not buying it right now, but I will never think we can have, we can never have too much coverage of Tiger Woods uh, on SportsCenter. Uh, Darren Ravel of ESPN tweeting, NBC's final round of the Open gets the highest overnight final round rating since Tiger won at Royal Liverpool in 2006. It beat Tiger's win at St. Andrews in 2000. He's 42. He's balding. He can't quite finish. People yell in his backswing. He's not as flexible as he used to be. But people watch Tiger. Tiger draws the eyes. Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. I'm still, I'm still on the board with my. He will not win before the end of 2019. But man, it got to, got a test yesterday. It is 11:38 on Toronto today. Time for
2: the greatest moments in history are now up
0: to you. This is TSN 1050's Sound Wars. Yeah! The best audio from 365 days here on TSN 1050. It is time now for a Sound Wars in the Kessel Conference. This is a 4-5 matchup. It's one of those ones you go, really, is the 4 a better one than the 5? It's, it's that old 8-9 in the NCAA tournament where you're like, man, that 8 is not as good as that 9. What do we got here? Seat number 4, Kessel Star Wars promo for the Penguins. Force is strong with the Penguins. Join us and fight the dark side when we battle the Islanders on December 7th during our special Star Wars theme night. Buy tickets you must. Visit PittsburghPenguins.com. May the Force be with you. That is outstanding. Uh, Producer Joe, what you noticed from the Phil Kessel clip was what? Islanders. (laughs) It's like he got caught up because that S shouldn't be there. How, to to what? How much more lovable is he now that he plays for Pittsburgh than he was in Toronto? Like three hundred percent. It's great because he's such a goofball. Yeah, and I love how much Gino like loves to make fun of him. That was the best part of this entire like yeah. two seasons that he, he's been there. Gino ripping on Phil Kessel has been outstanding. Kessel seems to get it right. People who are not super cool. I'm not a guy who's super cool. I get I'm not super cool. Kessel gets it. He gets it, and he plays it, and it's beautiful, and I love it. So that is the fourth seed. Let's hear seed number five, Terry Collins, mic'd up. Terry, f- Terry,
3: up. Terry, 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 f- Terry, f- Terry, f- Terry, Terry, That's Terry, 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 get a handle. Come on, let's go. Come on. Talk Talk you doing? Then you talk to me I about know, that. You, okay. You gotta give us a shot. You know what? You gotta give Harris, us a Harris, shot. Okay, listen to me. and Let me hear what I'm saying. Okay? You get your shot. You had your shot right there. In the situation. Well, why do I know the situation? Mean, why okay. do I get a shot, okay. Tommy? Because me? that doesn't. That makes. You got
0: everything out. I, I don't know what I just heard there. Who? What is happening in that clip? That is outstanding. That is a lot of beeping. So that is the four-five matchup. I, I'm a loving the Phil Kessel one, but your vote is the one that matters. TSN 1050.ca, click on Sound Wars, vote for your favorite Kessel Star Wars promo for the Penguins or Terry Collins mic up. Voting for this Sound War closes at 3 p.m. and then listen to Overdrive later today for the results and the start of a new Sound Wars battle on TSN 1050. NFL training camps are already underway. Alex Marvez of SiriusXM will join us just after the top of the clock. I want to get into some Lamar Jackson because Baltimore is in camp. Lamar Jackson looks particularly impressive, the 32nd overall pick. And Joe Flacco, uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback Joe Flacco, is not, how do I say this, any good at football. So why would it not be Lamar Jackson? And why does Lamar Jackson go 25 picks behind Josh Allen? Come on. Come on. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know who's unbelievable? Look at that transition. Paul Jones calls the Toronto Raptor games here on TSN 50. Jonesy, thanks for being with us. Appreciate your time, my friend. My
3: pro- no, no, my pleasure, Derek. No problem, man. Uh, good, to, good to be on talking hoops, even though it's the middle of July.
0: Oh, it's it's always basketball time. I, I re up for my college sports pack on my Bell Five because I, I want college basketball season here now. I want to see Duke. I want to see if I miss a Duke game, I'm going to slap myself silly.
3: Uh, I you know what? I, I can't wait for college basketball, but I can't wait for the weather that accompanies it uh, in
0: this part of the world. I mean, if I was I was living in Texas or Miami. I'm I'm good with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, yesterday, uh, while we were just hanging around waiting to do Sports Center, we were trying to figure out the Christmas Day slate of games. You know, five games on Christmas Day, starting at noon, going till the middle of the night. The the three the two hole the three thirty game and the late game seem to be the big ones. So uh, we we're trying to figure out where the Raptors San Antonio Christmas Day game will fall. That that's got to happen. Yes. I don't know um really? Toronto does you know, I, I just because look it might happen because
3: Toronto's made a lot of noise the last couple of years and probably should have had that Christmas day game two seasons ago after going to the conference final um but the issue is Toronto literally doesn't register in the in the ratings you know down south that's one, and second of all uh I have heard in terms of all the all the fan interest surveys in the u s Toronto ranks 30th. Like, pick any team that you think nobody cares about, well, Toronto's behind
0: them. (laughs) Wow. So, yeah. Worse than Sacramento. Ugh. Behind Sacramento. Ugh. That is worse than Charlotte.
2: Come on. Behind
3: Charlotte. Ugh. I was talking to a TV executive in Las Vegas and, you know, that was that's what he told me. So,
1: yeah.
0: um, I, I believe y- it based know. on how they treat it and how ESPN doesn't really talk about it. The low post <laughs> will drop in on the Raptors because Zach's super good, but they, yeah. And, and help me out here. I think that will work in recruiting Kawhi long term because Kawhi isn't a guy who really seems to want attention at all. Not, not in that way. Um,
3: but look, <laughs> I, I defy you to, to, name an American player that has come to Toronto and not liked it and not said, wow, this, this is great. Cause they all come here with reservations and well, I'm not so sure. And, and they all, they all love it when they're about to leave. So I, I'm, that it's not that part of me, Derek, it's, it's not a concern. He's going to fall in love with the city, whether he stays or not is a different question. Yeah. And, and, Um, everybody, you know, they've said, everybody will take your money once before, like they'll take one big deal. And then when they have their money, they'll leave on the second one. And the exception to that rule was DeRozan. Vince re-signed once and left. Damon Stoudemire didn't even re-sign. He left. And then he, you know, he kind of regretted it. Uh, Chris Bosh re-signed once and then he left. You know, DeMar DeRozan re-signed and then took a hometown discount. You know, Kyle Lowry re-signed, so guys love the city, and that's that's not the issue. The 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 bigger issue is. Will he love it for long term, and that's that's the biggest thing that uh, the biggest issue to worry about right now, Derek?
0: Yeah, and we we have no idea what's important to Kawhi, right? Because he, I, I I've been saying uh, I have no idea what his voice sounds like because it's been minimum eighteen months when, when I last heard him speak. So really have no no earthly idea what is important to Kawhi if being you know from being back in California is actually important. Is one hundred ninety million over one hundred forty one million in an extra year? actually? Actually, important is uh, you know a trip to the NBA final important is being the man important? Uh, no idea whatsoever.
3: Yeah, uh, and and that's you know that's the uh, that's the whole thing. You know, you know what's important? What what does he value? Um, but look, if if for the people that are upset, if you strip away the emotion out of it, uh, you know the issue has been the playoffs, and right now the Raptors have a guy. Who is top five in the NBA and has performed in the playoffs? He's performed well, Derek. Finals MVP. He's got been a Finals MVP. He's got two championship rings. He has been, um, you know, he's been an all defensive player. He's uh, he's been totally everything you wanted in 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 a player. I mean, the last time he played, the last time he played a full season. Yeah. He was third in the MVP balloting. Oh, by the way, ahead of LeBron and Steph and Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah. And and right behind Russell Westbrook and, and James Harden.
0: Yeah, and so, it's and it's and people talk about how DeMar got better over his nine-year career. Kawhi Leonard, when he came in, was not a sure thing. And I don't know that anyone thought he was going to be this. This guy has, has improved dramatically since he left San Diego State.
3: Well, San Antonio thought he was going to be that because... You know, you look at where he was drafted, right? He was drafted in the middle of the pack, and by Indiana, and they, they,
0: San Antonio traded for him. They obviously saw something. So, um, but I mean, maybe the best wing defender ever when he's done his career. You know, scoring leader, playoff MVP on a Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, like. <laughs> He is, I don't know if you ever expect to get, you know, the, the third best player in the league at 15 in the draft. It's, it's remarkable right. what he's done to himself.
3: And then, and then to, to, to take that one step further, Derek, um, do you get the third, maybe third or top five player in the league by trade? Um, <laughs> yes. you, know, you have a chance to trade for him. It's not free agency. You have a chance to trade for him. And that's what Masai Ujiri did. So. Look the, the prospects for the season, you know, they they look good. They look good if he's healthy. If he's healthy. Now, that's only for a year though.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll we'll burn that bridge when we come to it, right? But let me let me ask you about this Paul Jones the play-by-play voice of the Raptors on TSN 1050. Uh, I I've, the last few months, I, I've gravitated to the gambling side of things, being pushed by the radio folks here because they want CFL info from me. So I was looking, and the Raptors are something. You succumb, that, Derek, you succumb to those degenerates. Yeah. I'm, Joe Narsa behind the glass corrupting you. Yeah, I'm in for like five bucks a pop, so I'm not, uh, I'm not going broke anytime soon. The Raptors. Okay.
3: He, he did it to me, too. It's oh, okay. boy.
0: Now, are you in on the Raptors at plus 375 to win the East? look look, it's, it's right now, you know, your top four
3: are Toronto, in not necessarily this order, Toronto, Boston, Philly, and I, I would have to say Indiana's up there too right now. Yep. Um, and the guy who was in charge of the gate has left the door. <laughs> the, guy, the guy who was working the door, LeBron James, is gone. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I just came back from Vegas and, And the odds are all out there and, you know, Toronto's right in the mix. You know, you are bringing back, uh, the main pieces from a 59 win team with, you know, an improvement. Yes. So yeah, why not? I I don't know if I'm going to put any. I might put, I might bet your money, Derek. I'm not betting mine, but I might bet yours.
0: You and me, we'll split a ten. I'll I'll, I'll put down ten bucks, and I'll give you half the credit for it. And we'll call. But Boston at minus one twenty five, Philly at plus three twenty five, and the Raptors at plus three seventy five is that just oh man? I mean, I I get maybe they're plus two thousand or so to win the win the the whole thing. I I get that, but man, that's that seemed like some good. Uh, that seemed like some good value. I want to ask you, uh, Nick Nurse and the impact he is going to have. Uh, it's his first NBA head coaching job. Uh, he ran the Raptors offense. What, what's your take on Nick Nurse and, and what he's going to be like as a head coach?
3: I think he's going to be great, Derek. Uh, he he really... Look, when you think about what has been done in Houston, um, he's a guy who kind of started that with their D-League affiliate. He started it with their with their farm team in terms of this is the way we want to play we want to have play with pace and space and shoot the three and and nick durst was a major part of that he was a big part of that um winning not one but two d league championships or g league championships now and you know the guy's been a head coach before he's been a head coach everywhere you're right he was responsible for some of those decisions that that you know that uh the suggestions at least that Dwayne took to get the Raptors to 59 wins. They changed the whole style of play last year. Uh, he was a big part of that. So, um, you know, w- we'll give him a chance and see what he can do. I, I think they're going to, I think in that regard, they're going to be fine. And it's kind of neat that uh, Kawhi is going to be there with, I wouldn't say a full new system put in, but with with new idiosyncrasies put into the offense and the defense He'll be learning it right along with everybody else. So I, I I think, I think Nick's going to do well here.
0: Yeah, he's got the team to do it with. It is it from from his perspective, is it fortunate or unfortunate that this this has all come about? It's he he gets one of the league's greatest players, but then again, he gets one of the league's greatest players, and that's more pressure on him. And from the outside, at least.
3: Well, and I think that's the way to look at it. He's 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 got an opportunity. Who who wouldn't want to coach this team this year, you know, coming off 59 wins. Look, unless your name is outside of Rick Carlisle, but in the last eight years, unless your name is Steve Kerr or Greg Popovich, you're not beating LeBron James. So the fact that the Raptors, you know, have lost to him is not a big deal. And that doesn't take away from, you know, how solid a team they have and, and, and how solid a team they have been. So um, yeah, who wouldn't want to coach this team? And I, I, I think it's, it is a bit of a double-edged sword, a blessing and a curse for Nick, but um, hey, uh, I- I'm sure he would look at the challenge and say, I'm, I'm ready to take this challenge, I'm ready to... I'm ready to try to push this team to the next level
0: oh and, and all the thing I mean all the flexible pieces that he has to play with like if you want to get creative uh, offensively and defensively uh, you want I mean everybody wants long defenders okay they got a bunch of those everybody wants point guards well there's there's a few of those. what do we do with Fred van Vliet? what a great chess piece that is there's so much I can't tell you how excited I am for this season. why can't it be here now? well because the weather's not good it's golf weather Derek God! Ah, it's always basketball. This is uh, uh, That's true, uh, Jonesy. I, I got like a minute left. Uh, when is offensive rebounding going to become the next inefficiency in sports? When is someone really going to capitalize that? And it's all it's all three balls and everybody's chasing Golden State. When is someone going to go? Hey, Jonas, just crash the glass all the time relentlessly and get me offensive rebounds. When's well, that happening? He, it, 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 it's 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 kind of happening now. I mean, he is.
3: Their best offensive rebounder. He is their best rebounder. And I, I, I think, I think what you have to look at is, um, you know, long shots lead to long rebounds uh, and, and, you know, he may not be out in the mid range area getting those rebounds, but he is still the Raptors best, best rebounder. And that's, you know, that's going to be his, his job in, in this whole thing going forward. Um, you know, protect the basket, rebound the basketball and, um, you know, in terms of the whole rebounding thing itself, you're gonna have to get uh some help from your your perimeter guys because of those long rebounds with people with more and more people shooting the three. So I think I think Jonas is he's done a good job, he'll continue to do a good job and, and um it'll be interesting to see again in the new system by Nick Nurse how he's used.
0: Yeah, I, am, I, I can't wait. I am hooking up NBA League Pass. The second I can get it, I'm watching all the games. I, I will listen to them on the radio when I'm, when I'm anywhere away from the TV because I want to hear your voice. Paul Jones, uh, deliriously excited. Thanks so much for being with us, man. My pleasure, Derek. All right, Paul Jones, the play-by-play voice of the Raptors on TSN 1050, at Paul underscore Jones on the Twitter box. Man, Raptors basketball, it's Fantastic. Alex Marvez talking NFL coming up after this break. 11.55 on Toronto Today on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca.